Hello all you scientists out there and welcome on back to the science behind that podcast. I am your host Atticus Hamilton and on today's episode, that's right, we are going to talk about the origins of this podcast because this is the 1000 listener special. You guys have been amazing even through thick and thin, you know, when I upload a lot and when I don't upload at all for some reason. Uh, you guys stay with me, and for that, I'm really appreciative. So please sit back, relax, grab yourself a steaming hot cup of coffee, add a little bit of maple syrup to it, and we're going to jump right into today's episode of the science behind that. So, where to begin? You know, it feels like forever ago since I started this podcast. Sorry, I had to take a sip of my uh, my coffee there. Because as you know, I have a coffee addiction. So, where did this podcast start? Well, it started a long time ago. So, my freshman year of um, college is really when the idea of the science behind that first came around. Um, And, you know, I gotta give credit where credit's due. I did not come up with the idea for this podcast. One of my good friends suggested to me that I do a podcast, and it took a long time before I actually did it, but here we are. So, one night during my freshman year, my pretty, like the first month into my freshman year of college, first month pretty much, man, that was like four years ago now, anyway, one night group of friends and I were like, all right, we're going to go see The Nun. I don't know if any of you have seen this movie, but it was so bad. Like, it was a garbage movie, but we didn't find that out, of course, until after we saw it. But anyway, we went to go see The Nun. But before we could do that, we wanted to get something to eat. So uh, a group of friends and I, um, Will, Hunter, Jamie, and Jake, We all went to one of the dining halls and we got some dinner. And walking back from the dining halls, I don't remember how this came up. I I genuinely don't. I don't remember how this question came up. But one of my friends asked me, Atticus, just matter of plain matter of fact, Atticus, what is blue balls? And I was kind of surprised because it's like a random question. It's just like, why? Um... But I explained it to him, and after I explained it, or after I explained it to him, my friend Will said to me, "You know, Atticus, you should make a podcast." And I jokingly say, "What? All about blue balls? It'd be like one episode." And he laughs and he says, "No, you should make a podcast about like the science of everyday life. You know, the science of driving your car, the science of groupthink." And I think I was kind of dismissive at first because I didn't think really anybody would like to listen to it. But my friend Hunter was like, yeah, man, that'd be awesome. I think you have a great podcasting voice. It'd be dope. That'd be a dope podcast. And um, it took a long time for me to actually make this podcast. And it took one of my best friends, or my best friend, his name is Elias. It took him actually making me get the software to do a podcast before I did it because the problem was my freshman year I didn't have any recording equipment 
I didn't have any recording equipment. I didn't have like a microphone. I didn't have a software to, to record stuff in. I had no idea how to make a podcast. But then like my sophomore year of college, my best friend, he's he's a, a film producer and a, uh, a musician. My best friend, again, his name is Elias. He's like, you know what, man? We should make an album. And I was like, what do you mean an album? He's like, you know, a musical album. We should record an album. And I told him, well, I don't have a microphone. I don't have like a software or anything. And that didn't matter because one thing about my friend Elias, when he puts his mind to something, (laughs) you know, he goes until it's done. And so eventually (laughs) I got peer pressured into getting Ableton Standard and um, getting a microphone. And I remember the first microphone I got was with my grandma's birthday money. And it was a blue snowball. Um, And uh, I actually used that mic until this past Christmas, until it died. But once he finally made me do that, we recorded our album under the band name Memory Bank. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, you can actually go to Spotify right now and look up Memory Bank and it's there and you can listen to our music. But before you do that, give my make sure to give my best friend a, a listen on Bandcamp. His, his name is Skylight Syndrome. Make sure to, um, to check out his music. He's a really talented musician. But anyway... So he kind of pushed me into getting the stuff I need to make my podcast. And then the next part is history, you know. Then on September 20th, 2020, I published my first episode, Groupthink. And 56 of you guys loved that episode. Uh, (laughs) I'm just looking at it now. 56 of you guys loved that episode. And ladies and gentlemen, the, the surreal thing about this for me is that to think that um, I would go from getting 56 of you guys loving my episode to having a thousand people tuning in um, to listen to my podcast, that is mind-blowing to me. Um, it, that really, really is mind-blowing to me. And uh, for that, I just have to say thank you very much because... You know, without you guys, none of this would be possible. So, in the spirit of, um, in the spirit of nostalgia, I think instead of just ending right here and saying, well, that's the origins of the science behind that, I think it's only fair that we talk about the science behind blue balls as the the act of nostalgia to remember the origins of this podcast. So where do I begin? So the medical term for blue balls is called epididymal hypertension. And uh, I know it's, it's it's a long phrase, but why is it called epididymal hypertension? Because blood gets stuck in the epididymis. There you go. So... Um, for the rest of the episode, I will be referring to, uh, blue balls as, a E-H, just for simplicity. Um, so E-H is, every man will have experience with E-H at one point or another in his life. Every, every man will. Um, and it's a very painful thing. It, it hurts a lot. 
Um, not as much as like passing a kidney stone, but it is really painful. And a lot of people think it's really funny because EH is as a result of um, uh, someone getting aroused, getting to peak arousal, but not being able to uh, reach the resolutions phase or orgasm. In psychos, in, in what is it? Sexual psychology, there's stages of, um, I guess, the there's stages of sex almost. So you have the arousal stage, the excitement stage, the peak stage, the resolution stage, and the plateau. Now, the resolution stage is vital because this stage comes after an individual um, completes the act. And it's in the resolution phase that all the feel-good chemicals are produced. Dopamine, but in, in, in particular, oxytocin, and that's the really important one. Um, so dopamine and oxytocin are produced in the resolution phase, and that's that along with being a feel-good chemical, the oxytocin basically signals to the vascular uh, endothelium of the, um, the gonads to constrict and to move blood out of the testicles and into the rest of the body. But if somebody never reaches that resolution phase, then oxytocin never stimulates that vasoconstriction event and the blood is never shunted out of the genitals. So it stays pooled in the testicles. And that's where the issue results. And specifically, the blood stays pooled in the epididymis. That's specifically where it pools. So the blood stays pooled in the epididymis and the, um, uh, what is it called? Corpus spongiosum of the penis. So the blood stays in those two places. And after about like 10 minutes, pleasure signals start to switch to be pain signals. And so the nerve endings down there begin to send pain signals to the brain saying, hey, this is not good. This really, really hurts. There's something bad going on right now. And the... Nevertheless, that signal itself is not able to initiate the release of oxytocin. So the, the nerve endings are just signaling to the brain, hey, there's, we have a problem here. The blood can't leave, but nothing can happen. And you may be saying, well, why would the nerve endings do that? The reason is because if blood stays in the genitals too long, and this is a case for men and women, it can become hypoxic because it's not circulating, it's just staying there, it's pooled there. And if it stays there for too long, it can become hypoxic. And then if there's too much, if there's hypoxic blood there, the tissue can become necrosed. That's why pills like Viagra have the warning, you know, if you have an erection lasting more than four hours, seek medical help. Because if it lasts more than four hours, you run the risk of necrosis due to um, blood hypoxia. Uh, coffee break. Um, so, 
all things considered then i'm i can just imagine you guys listening to this episode your next question is well atticus how do you fix this so there are three non um non-medically interventive uh interventive ways to resolve this number one is to orgasm to reach that resolution phase but that's very 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 difficult when there's that much pain going on there it's not just that people don't want to reach that don't they're not thinking about it it's more of that the brain isn't really even able to switch from pain perception to pleasure perception because of how many pain signals it's getting from the nerve endings so that's the first way the second way is to put ice over the groin area now why is that because the the thinking there is the testicle position is controlled by a muscle called the cremaster muscle i know i know i know the jokes you guys are thinking of but it's, it's controlled positionally by a muscle called the cremaster muscle and the cremaster muscle will move the testicles farther away from the body in hot environments or closer away or closer to the body in cold environments to keep them um, to keep those organs at around 92 degrees Fahrenheit because that's the optimal temperature for sperm generation so if you put ice down over there it stimulates the cremaster muscle to move the testicles closer to the body and also stimulates vasoconstriction to conserve heat which the theory there is then that blood is then shunted elsewhere in the body. Now, the final method is probably the most effective, and I know this is going to sound funny, because in a way it kind of is. The most effective method to resolve the pain is to do upper body workouts, and I'm not even joking. Arm curls, shoulder presses, chest presses, um dumbbell pullovers that sort of thing and he may be saying come on you're just messing with us i'm not the reason is because when you're doing that when you're doing push-ups and hammer curls and you have eh what's going to happen there is all of a sudden testosterone is going to be produced and signal to the um to the genitals hey blood needs to be shunted to the muscles this is what needs to happen and it needs to happen now because muscles need blood to function because from blood they get the vital nutrients that they need to grow and so when you're doing hammer curls or tricep pull downs or shoulder presses when you have eh that's sending hormonal signals down to the testicles um, and the corpus spongiosum to shunt blood away from the groin to the upper body and that is actually a really effective way of dealing with eh ladies and gentlemen that is all i have for you today so i hope you guys have a great monday i really hope you enjoyed today's episode and look um again from the bottom of my heart thank you to every single one of you who listens to my podcast on a weekly basis without you guys this would not be possible And remember, I will catch you guys on Friday. Have a fantastic week. I'll see you on the next one. Remember, stand up and question everything.